Welcome to Talking Tunes with these two goons. I am Alex Kramer. I'm Matthew Grant. And welcome to another episode of Talking Tunes with these two goons. How you doing, Alex? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. It's just good. long week. Hold on. I'm drinking a Diet Coke. It's just the burps. <laughs> it's so unprofessional. That's just, that's just very unprofessional. Guys, welcome to our podcast. <laughs> welcome to our music podcast. This is uh, a music podcast. This is a music podcast. Well, we got a huge album to get through. Yeah. So if you don't mind, yeah. I'm going to jump in yeah, to introducing it, our guest. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is Sean Coyer. He is a writer, performer, and movie critic. Sean, a, a Pittsburgh native, is associate is an associate editor of Pittsburgh Magazine and an active stand-up comedian. He is also a film <laughs> critic for... The uh, whole bio. <laughs> for WDVE <laughs> FM Morning Show, a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association, a co-founder of the immersive theater company uh, Vigilance. Am I saying that? Yes, right? Vigilance, Vigilance Theater Group. Theater group. Uh, Sean has performed um, throughout Western PA, <clears throat> including headlining shows at the Arcade Comedy Theater, as well as in New York, Austin, Cleveland, uh, sharing stages with uh, comics such as uh, Harold Williams. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name. Eliza Schlesinger. Eliza Schlesinger, Keith oh. Robinson, and Todd Glass. There you oh. go. So Sean Collier, everybody. Yay! Hi, goons. <laughs> hey, Sean. You, uh, you, the only way to make that title of a podcast work <laughs> is to really lean into it, and right. that's what you do at the top and end of each episode. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Well, thank you. We, yeah. we worked so hard on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I got to give credit to Matt. That was all him. He's like, I have oh, this idea. Stop. We go, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. and I was like, I'm all on board. Well, mm-hmm. We just, I don't know. Like, we just try to be kind of. Silly, but we do. We love talking about the music. But yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's lighthearted. Yeah, we're good. Sure. Yeah, we're lighthearted dudes having a lighthearted time. Right, except when we have to make fun of some. At least <laughs> except if it's, we talk about somebody we hate. Yeah, <laughs> or a song we don't like. Yeah, but uh, like. Sean, do you want to introduce the album you came to talk to us about? Sure. Um, it, it, it's how how can it be uh, introduced? You just you had to be there, guys. Um, <laughs> No, um, I've I've been a big fan of of Tom Waits since kind of the the back half of my my teenage years, and uh, yeah. um, uh, there's an incredible body of work and an incredible variety of work. But you know, the, the among um, Tom Waits fans and even people who only know a little bit, there's it's the one album that kind of can be held up as as not only a an example of who this guy is, but absolutely, you know, a, an essential work of, of, you know, weirdo American pop music mm. oh, yeah. um, is Rain Dogs yeah. from, uh, from 1985. It, it kind of, you know, he had a, a 10 years of career of, of getting weirder and yeah. figuring out <laughs> what that would look like and figuring out what he could get away with and experimenting. And then it kind of all turned into this one massive project that, that fortunately I think has, has been kind of 
uh, uh, regarded as the classic that it is uh, oh, yeah. ever it's since. It's also like I'm really glad you picked this because this, again, this kind of goes back to Vanessa when she brought on the Harry Nielsen album. This album is, in my opinion, a little bit lost out there because there's just there's so much music out there, you know, and yeah. and like for me, this is actually my first exposure to Tom Waits. I've, I I mm-hmm. knew about him for years, but this is like the first time I ever had the opportunity yeah. to sit down and listen to him yeah i've gotten into tom waits a little bit i haven't like he has a uh, i wouldn't say a humongous discography but it's pretty long and so i've gone into a couple of his albums like small change is i think that's the name of the album yeah yeah small change that's a great album uh swordfish bone which i do need to give another shot to it was really weird for me it was a little with swordfish trombones swordfish trombones Yeah. yeah um that's kind of the precursor to, to Rain Dogs. Yeah, it's like in this. Uh, I heard like it's like a trilogy. Yeah, like Swordfish Bones, yeah, this album, and then another album called Frank's Wild Years, which I yeah. haven't listened to yet. Another album I just listened to while we were I was listen, I was checking this one out, which is really good. Was um, oh, what's it called? Blue Valentine. Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a couple that don't fit, and that's one of them. Yeah. Like there's, if you go into the '70s stuff, the '80s stuff, even the '90s and, and more recent stuff, you can kind of see the sweep. And then there'll be these random like, this is just not what you were doing right now, but it's all good too, you know. <laughs> and sometimes that's when he was writing for like a bizarro musical or for a film score and, and just produced a bunch of songs. But Blue Valentine is an interesting one, definitely. Oh, it is definitely. It, op- it opens up with a West Side Story cover. Yeah. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so he weird. does. He covers somewhere. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. For those of you that... Yeah. For those of you out there listening that don't know about Tom Waits or who he is or whatever, yeah. Tom Waits has... How can I word this? He has one of the most um, grimy, down and dirty singing voices like you'll ever hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's well, I I write it down in my notes. Like he sounds like what cigarettes and whiskey would sound like. If yeah. Sang. yeah, correct. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that too. Like I agree with that. I also think like with some songs I've listened to by Tom Waits, he always just sounds like he can never fully clear his throat. <laughs> he's just like Ugh. he always has a frog in his throat yeah kind of deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. but i just that's that's really refreshing because it's i i really like singers who can i mean don't get me wrong i love singers with beautiful voices too and i'm not mm. not saying that tom waits's voice isn't beautiful in its own way but he's obviously not like technically proficient and like you know and he's not like um he just nobody sounds like him no you know and so, if you go to if you go to like the first two albums he he's not doing that yet. Oh yeah, wow. you know it. It, it so, he sounds kind of like, you know, uh, um, like a laid back uh, uh, Bob Seger or Don Henley. Mm-hmm. Like like it, it, it's a little you know it's a little salty of a voice, but yeah. he's singing normally and and you know there's no gravel to it. He's just somebody singing songs, and I think he cultivated that style over time yeah. as as his interests musically got weirder and then kind of cultivated the the vocal style to to complement it. Sean, do you know when he first debuted? I want to say 75. Yeah. I want to see okay. the, um, So post Dylan. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's, you know, the clearest point of influence, I right. think. Right. Yeah. Although I think especially on this album, this I find this album extremely unique. Mm-hmm. Like like uh, like I will just break into the first song, um, uh, Singapore, mm-hmm. um, which is um, very New Orleans style kind of like jazzy kind of thing. Like um, I love the use of xylophone. Like I I've never heard an 
an album start off with xylophones. Oh before. yeah. And I was like, what the? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a weird thing about this whole album. It hit, like, like the instruments he decides to use for this album were just like, I barely hear albums that have this type of stuff on right. it. Right. Yeah. Just alone. Right. There's a great lyric that I love. Um, in the land of the blind, the one eyed man is King. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Like this guy wrote some cool ass lyrics. lyrics. <laughs> it's so, and I think it, I think part of the reason why I love this album particularly, but a lot of, his stuff so much is these these paint a complicated detailed picture without any interest in actually telling the story of what's going on right you know it's 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 like one of those paintings with 48 people in it you know (laughs) gathered gathered at a place and you can kind of get the vibe of the room but you couldn't you know find a narrative in it at all i i i think i love getting these little tiny glimpses of these uh, 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 kind of shadows of society characters yeah. and, and being able to fill in the, the, the gaps themselves. Now that and one of the, one of the problems that I, I, I wrote this play last year and, and uh, it went well. One of the problems with it and one of the things that people didn't like is that there was a lot in it that we didn't, explain or didn't like say okay here's where this ghost comes from or what this person people are like yeah but what was that all about you're you're talking about the how moon hollow moon yeah for for vigilance and it was people like what does that mean and i was like where the hell do you want to know what it means? It happened. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. it is. Now here's something else to look at. Just kind of get the mood, right? right. Um, but uh, 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 I, I will I will correct that in the future. But I think that's a little bit of, of the Tom Waits influences. Uh, 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 you know, you have a, a opening lyric to the album that's "We sail tonight for Singapore. We're all yeah. as mad as hatters here." Yeah, yeah. And and. I don't think we reference, you know, there might be a little bit of reference to the fact they're on the boat later and right. the, the captain is a one-eyed dwarf, but like, yeah. it, it, it's, this isn't a song about what happens on this boat, it's just like, <laughs> this is where we are, here's what I'm looking at. Well, this, yeah. so, this song, actually, it's funny you say that, because the song, the music of this song sounds like they're on a boat, Yeah, to yeah. me. Like so, like I was like, all right, there, and I mean, obviously, the opening line, we're we're setting sail to Singapore, mm-hmm. yeah, but like, yeah, like I, I, that's that's another beautiful thing that Tom Waits can do. Like he does, like make these worlds, like mm-hmm. in these yeah. songs. And there's like a lot of, and I was actually able to find a narrative in this album, but um, that's because like I'm I'm kind of weird and I can find. No. I feel like oh, I no, that's, that's a good, like that's a cool thing. I though. convinced myself that Weezer's Blue album is a concept album. Like I like really? like at a certain point, I was like, I get the whole story they're going for here, man. There's this guy and he's lonely and he tries to get together with this girl at a party, but it doesn't work out. And he, I mean, no, it's Weezer. They just write whatever the hell they want and right. put yeah. it together. But uh, no, that's that's fun when you can try, and that's what lyrics like this allow you to do is yeah. is fill in those gaps yourself. Yeah, yeah. I love Weezer, by the way. Yeah, I've seen them live twice. They're fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they seem like, like a fun band to they see. They are. Did yeah. anyone listen to that Teal album? Not yet. Um, it's a cover album. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want to have to have an opinion on it. Yeah. like people are, people have a lot of hot takes on that, and I'm like, I'm sitting this one out. Yeah. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> maybe it's fun. Maybe it's it's cheap. I don't care. Just if you like yeah. it, like it. If you don't, I go did home. not like the Africa cover, so I have really like no interest in. <laughs> well, they didn't do. Uh, Okay, now I have an opinion. They they didn't 
Weezer and Toto covered each other, whatever current incarnation of Toto there is. Yeah. But <laughs> they just I did played see it. That. In, that was adorable. We, they just played it in the style of the other band. Yeah. Weezer just played it like Toto plays. Like, mm. no, if you're going to do it, play it like Weezer. And yeah. Toto, uh, don't, don't, what did Toto cover? Hashpipe. Don't yeah. know. Cover Islands in the Sun yeah. and get like serious, like yacht rock cred on this already <laughs> kind of bouncy yeah. song like do it as yourself don't do it as them yeah we tom should... waits though yeah. <laughs> tom waits yeah uh you want to go to the next song yeah definitely uh, let's do it clap hands is this the is song on the album one of my favorite songs on the album actually okay <laughs> go <laughs> on elaborate. yeah yeah well just because uh musically how it is it kind of feels like he puts his own spin on it but it really feels like an old bluesy song yeah mm-hmm. yeah like i definitely like i don't know just um yeah that's really just like the main thing i really like about it because it just has like the old this oldies feel to it but he puts his own spin on it i just i don't know i thought the rhythm of this song was very interesting because it sounds yeah. like a clock the inside mm-hmm. of a clock although yeah. that's a very mm-hmm. especially in modern pop music sing. yeah like the dj zed uses that all the time like that yeah that ticking clock tempo um, Zed and Tom Waits are exactly, exactly alike. We're, just, we're waiting for that collaboration. Belong on the same playlist if you're on Spotify. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to the next one. My th- like as I've been re-listening to it and really paying attention to to the order for for this podcast. Yeah. What what jumped out at m- me in in kind of side A of this album is that he, the, he takes these first three tracks to kind of announce, like, okay, th- th- this is going to go in some weird directions. Mm-hmm. Oh, Here's yeah. what's going to happen. And Singapore is this kind of rollicking semi-story song, and, and Clap Hands is, is you know, a little ri- much smoother and yeah. bluesy, like you said, and, and just kind of a little bit of mystery to it. And then things go absolutely crazy in the next song. Yeah, and it's I- like these first three are like, Okay, come in and and like get yourself familiar with how this stuff tastes, yeah. <laughs> so that we can get to the next two songs, which really bring it all together. But that's that's where you're going, so I'll yeah, let you get exactly. there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, in like, the next, did you, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, like for me, like I wish I looked up the lyrics before we recorded this because, like, the thing that I really loved about this album is just his singing, his singing style, which I could barely understand. Right. Sometimes, mm-hmm. and just like the music. Like we were just saying, like the, this is one of the reasons why this is my favorite song because oh, uh, he uses clap all hands? The, yeah clap hands because it just that's your gold star, one of my gold stars. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we forgot to tell Sean. Yeah, we oh have yeah, go- yeah, yeah. We, yeah, have, we have a gold star. We tracks. have a concept where like we um. <laughs> well, I put what I do is I put stars next to the songs that I think are really great standouts, but then I have one specifically my favorite song in the album. Platinum so, star. Yeah, platinum yeah. star. <laughs> <laughs> You went platinum with we that song. I guess uh, I gotta switch the concept because that's oh, that's good. Damn. <laughs> but go ahead, Alex. I'm sorry. No, but that's just the thing that attracted me to this because he just uses all these interesting instruments, and but it seemed like kind of simple, mm-hmm. like how uh, like Sean was explaining it. It was just I that was just the thing that I really dug about it. Clap hands. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just seems like a good sing along song. Oh God, like, yeah. This a, is an earworm. Yeah, mm-hmm. in, the, in like the uh, Tom Waits way of a. Earworm. Well, actually, <laughs> Earworm. there's a lot of songs on here that I found really catchy. Like the mm. like like I sort of expected kind of coming into this album that um 
these are just going to be kind of songs that have weird narratives and not necessarily have a structure yeah. to them. But I wasn't tr- that wasn't true at all because like there's a lot of really great choruses and and like unique yeah. things. Oh yeah, and the, and the more that you listen to it, the more that you find yourself singing a chorus that he's not necessarily singing that right. like the the, yeah. the melody shows up for you yeah uh, in a way that you didn't necessarily notice even as you were listening yeah. to it right. like singapore would get st- like just like the beginning part of singapore just because like it's only like a couple seconds and just tom waits comes in mm-hmm. with all these weird instruments like that got stuck in my head a little yeah bit. yeah but let's go to the next song which is a short one but still pretty catchy mm-hmm. cemetery polka oh, it's mm-hmm. so great I, yeah. I i took time to like look into that one cemetery polka a little bit today because I, I never really had and lo and behold like this this which sounds just like an exercise in being absurd and weird yeah. Yeah. this is the this is one where he's like i pulled from my life a little too too much on that one oh really? yeah where where <laughs> like he he said that he remembered hearing like family gossip around the dinner table when he was a kid yeah. and 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 kind of Obviously, over dramatize that a little bit, mm-hmm. but wow. the line uh, um, uh, uh, "We must find out where the money is. Get it now before he loses his mind." Yeah. Was something that a relative said of his said about an uncle who was losing it and had money in a mattress somewhere. And and this is this sounds like a complete you know beat poet bit of nonsense. Right. Yeah, and a lot of it is is stuff he was pulling for life, including this I never knew. He has an uncle Vernon, and his uncle Vernon talked like that, and that's why he does like with, the gravelly with, voice. with the gravelly, gruff, wow. gruff oh. voice. And <laughs> and he started modeling his voice after his uncle Vernon, who's referenced in this song. Yeah, I, think I actually remember reading that somewhere, probably on his Wikipedia page. I yeah, don't know. but um, that's where I got some of my info. Wikipedia.org, everyone. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> useful website. Yeah, uh, that, I when I write about this, I actually thought this song was like about dead relatives. Like, um, but that actually makes more sense that he would uh, be sitting here. And I think I had to play this song twice on my first listen to this album because I just I couldn't believe what I was listening to because yeah. it was just such a weird, like joyful. detour. Yeah, yeah. but we, we would ruin parties with this song in college. <laughs> <laughs> like people would be sitting around the table and everyone's having a good time. We're like, put on Rain Dogs. And once it got to Cemetery Polka, somebody would be like. We're gonna put Sublime back on. <laughs> Everyone's trying to have a good time. Oh, next God. next Christmas party next year, we'll, yeah. we'll ask yeah. John yeah. to yeah do <laughs> do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, Sublime reminds me of high school. Yeah, everyone fucking. <laughs> that's what to that's it. what they're there for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they're there for high school memories. Yeah, and just everyone wore that Sublime Sun T-shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like it was my favorite band, dude. Mm-hmm. Forty ounce to freedom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God, but here's another song. It's a jockey full of bourbon. Yeah, this is one of the big ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and that's what I, I think those first three songs, I love them all. They're all great, but they kind of exist to kind of get you ready yeah. for Jockey Full of Bourbon and, and Tango Till They're Sore, which are, which are like, I, I, I don't know if there's a better back-to-back uh, uh, on an album than these two. Yeah. And, and Jockey Full of Bourbon is, is one of those that, uh, again, I don't know what it's about. I don't know who he's talking about. I don't know what we're supposed to be picturing, but l- I, I can sing every word of it, and it mm-hmm. makes me feel the way I think he wants me to feel. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, apparently, like, I just read this, just a little sort of thing. Like, it's about a guy just making bad decisions, mm-hmm. being drunk. Yeah. Okay. That's, all, that's all it is. I think I think the, there's, like, a lot of, like, the on this album, like, there's a lot of stories about people like that. In fact, my overall review, I, like, I did, a, like, a 
a last overall review of it. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And um, it is like about like these sort of outsiders and like these yeah. people like that. Like I love how he did the um the old pirate song, or at least he referenced it, the sixteen man on a dead man's chest. Yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> and it's just, I love pirate stuff. So oh, yeah. like not the Pittsburgh Pirates, but the but ooh, um, mm-hmm. um controversial statement. No, it's I don't no, think it's no, really I don't that think, controversial. Yeah. I don't um, know. I don't know but, sports uh, people. Uh, <laughs> I but, love the bassoon as well in this song. That was my oh, favorite. Yeah. Bassoon, <laughs> yeah. Oh. What's the What's the bassoon? I've heard of this so many times. Before. It's like a giant clarinet, but yeah. it's really, really low. It's It's if it if it if like a saxophone and a clarinet had a baby, it would sound like a bassoon. <laughs> and that baby turned out to be like the shack of woodland instruments. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know the shack. A, yeah. I, I, among among choruses, I sing constantly. I don't know if there's a a sentence more sinister than "Hey, little bird, fly away home. Your house is on fire and your children are alone." Oh, right. What the hell? And I'll just walk. I'll walk down the street singing that. Yeah. <laughs> People are like. What? You're calling me a little bird. Did did, did people get scared immediately? Like, my children. Sure, absolutely. (laughs) Why are you calling me a little bird? (laughs) Right. It sounds, it's it's such a sweet way to to say something both condescending and threatening. As sweet as Tom Waits can make something. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But, like, how did you feel about this song? Oh, my God. I loved it. It's just, I just. Love like this bluesy kind of like yeah just like I don't know like this this I just I could totally just see like so we're just in this shitty bar yeah drinking and s- cigarette smoke every I, that's kind of like, for me that's like the whole theme of this album is yeah. yeah I mean like it's a a loose concept album which I read about like it was just a loose concept album about urban dispossessed in New York City is yeah what he mm-hmm. says because like he like uh, to get prepared for this album I read. That he like, uh, crap, what did I write down? I have it in my notes. He like wrote it in a basement room in the corner of Washington and Horatio Street in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So he would just he would just write this album. He would notice things and he would like record just, like street sounds and like ambient noise. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to like influence him. That's interesting. That is very interesting. Like he would just like just. Like, I don't know, like, I didn't know, I didn't do too much research on this, but just, like, to think, like, you just rent, like, a crappy basement room just to, like, influence yourself to just go, like, okay, now this is making me think of, like, this creepy kind of, like, weird New York City vibe. Right. Yeah. And he kind of, and you can kind of feel it in this whole album. And it has so much um, respect and empathy for those characters yeah you know we don't meet anyone on this we, we don't meet a hero in the course of the lyrics of this album no. but it, it, it's it's interested in these people's lives and it yeah. really seems to think that they have a, a, a story worth telling uh, as seedy and downtrodden as it is yeah you know yeah, yeah it's uh yeah that's um not uh, something you often hear, at least for me, I haven't really... I mean, I know like of these people that yeah. like, he's talking yeah. about, but like they never <laughs> really had their moment to shine. Like Their stories aren't necessarily told, because then people are just normally just like, oh, there's old drunk Billy. Right, right. You know, and, <laughs> old but, drunk Billy. Well, hey, old, old drunk Billy, he's just <laughs> raffling on about whatever. Yeah. You know, and, mm. But like they got stories to tell, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so the next song... Tango till they're sore 
Um, I thought this was a very raw, raw. I mean, the whole album's very raw, raw recording, yeah. but like this one is particular because like I can literally hear him tapping his foot during the piano. Yeah. yeah. Um, the most clear vocal mix also. Um, there's a cool trumpet thing. Uh, what was the lyric I wrote here? They take apart their nightmares and leave them at the door. I mm-hmm. just. I, yeah, I just, yeah, because this song is just like about like going to some shitty dance thing, yeah, and yeah. just like leaving your problems behind. It's basically yeah. the Usher song, DJ Hallis falling in love again. <laughs> right. So, two similar songs. Two yeah. very similar songs. <laughs> Waiting for that collaboration. Too. He, he has like pat little lines about what each song is about, and there's no way to know yeah. which. They're either they're all true or none of them are true or somewhere in the middle. Right. That is every possibility. But you know what I mean? Like, there's some of these that you th- like. This he says he knew a guy who fell out of a 12 story window and and uh, was completely unharmed, and the the confetti in his hair broke his fall. <laughs> and, and it's like that's either something he thought yeah. up to try to explain a song, or it's word for word what actually like happened. What actually happened, and yeah. you can't really tell. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I I don't. I actually never really looked into any like interviews that he has done. I uh, I've seen like clips, like like I, I the, actually I, heard, I take that back. I did see him on a talk show, and he was super annoyed. Yeah, and he really? didn't really like want to answer any. Qu- it was some English talk show. Yeah, he was, like he was just. But he was very. He was. He was basically how you would imagine he would be. Yeah. But yeah. like he was just. He just didn't want to be there. So yeah. like I didn't really get much from him except like seeing the aesthetic of Tom Waits. And yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, there, there are people. You know, he liked talking to Letterman. Like a lot of the the, the kind of weirdo. Did he go on Letterman? Yeah. He, he did. He did ten Lettermans. Oh, nice. And and. Um, you know, he liked that. I remember seeing him on Jon Stewart kind of, uh, I, I want to say recently. By recently, I probably mean 2006. The Daily Show. Uh, yeah. Okay. And, and and that, I, I I didn't get the impression that he wanted to be there, but he was fine about it. But yeah, there, there are, you know, you can find interviews, especially in the 70s and 80s, where it's just like, he, you know, he's he's performing in a, 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 a performance art piece of his own conception mm-hmm. and no one else is in on it yeah. and that's what that's how he's choosing to yeah. deal with the fact that he has to do I this i find interview. that kind of cool though oh, yeah. he's just like he's just playing his own character like i heard some rumor that like heath ledger like watched clips of tom waits to get kind of influenced for like what role the, the like joker. joker yeah yeah it seems believable yeah because yeah, yeah. like how he like it. like they show like oh like look at this one clip it kind of sounds like the joker mm-hmm. and just tom waits going like well hello there mm-hmm. uh, Hello, I'm Tom Waits. I don't remember. The whole <laughs> I can't that say it for better. I yeah. heard there's all kinds of like really cool legends about how well stories about like yeah. how Heath Ledger kind of got into that character yeah. and like how obviously self destructive it kind of became. Yeah. For him and Where, wherever he went, it didn't didn't pan out for him. No, I yeah. mean, uh, got well, him an Oscar, right? But, you know, I yeah. Mean, but so that, that's a but that's an interesting. The Heath Ledger Joker story is an interesting story about like how far are you willing to go for your art? Because yeah. like that is obviously none of us were there personally to, see, to see what happened, what but just yeah. from a very far outsider's perspective, you and like seeing how authentic and that performance was in the Dark Knight, <laughs> and like yeah. like what he did was really truly extraordinary. And, like, he made this comic book movie that was very well done. Yeah. But, like, he took it so over the top because you literally believed him. Like, Oh, yeah. This, this yeah. Person. It was a great performance. Yeah. And to go that far, like, the, he had to go to some pretty interesting places. Oh, yeah. In his he, mind. he got really, I don't know who, 
Like you, you just hear story. This is a music podcast. This is a music <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this is a music podcast. Music but yeah, podcast. we're talking about a dead celebrity. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just uh, Heath Ledger. Uh, yeah, he just went to like some dark places. Like he locked himself in a hotel for like a month, or mm-hmm. I think even more, like in the dark, and just drove himself insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. People have done that, I guess. So right. like, I mean, Jack Nicholson was worried about him. He even said, like, you need to be careful taking yeah. on this role because apparently he felt the same way. Yeah. 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 When he played. But, you know, he's Jack Nicholson, so, like, yeah. not that, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, say it. What were you trying to say? Well, no, I, I was just going to say, like... He lives there anyway. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> he's not, hey there, I'm Jack Nicholson. Yeah, he's like, I, he's kind of, if, like, there was an actual Joker, I would imagine he would be like <laughs> Jack Nicholson. There's a psychotic clown that murdered people. <laughs> it would be Jack Nicholson. It would be. Watch as good as it gets, and you'll know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah, but this uh, the song was good. I have to say, like, I dug it. It didn't leave an amazing impression on me. Mm-hmm. But like, none of these songs like I hated. I don't have any songs on here that I like. Like, I didn't like at all. Like uh, that I did not like at all. No, I actually I found the same way. Like, there wasn't any song on here that I was just like, "This is terrible." Yeah, it's a waste of my time. It was a really solid album. Yeah. yeah. Would no. I say it's my favorite Tom Waits album that I've heard so far with me getting into him? No, but I. I do agree with when people put it on like, like uh, give it like that classic stance. Yeah, though. Right. yeah. Tango till they're sore. I have been um, Easter egg referencing while doing stand up for eight ish years now. Really? Um, <laughs> like you sneak you sneak like references to it in your set. There's 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 there's, uh, there's one joke that I just worm in the phrase with confetti in my hair. <laughs> and it sounds like a natural punchline, and it fits in, and I just... But I'm saying it to make me happy by making a That's thumb awesome, reference actually. every time. And no one has ever <laughs> mentioned it. In hundreds and hundreds of performances, no one has ever gone, hey, Tom Waits. So that, yeah. that, well, from yeah. now on, everyone, you have to go up to <laughs> right, show yeah, right. after his performance <laughs> and be like, hey, Tom Waits. Yeah. And one of these days, Tom Waits is going to be at your show and say, I'm suing you. <laughs> he would. That's what he would do. He probably would. Yeah. Uh, Clap your hands. I'm suing you. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, I dug it. It mm-hmm. was a good song. Uh didn't blow me away, but yeah, I uh, I like this song. Uh, I think it leads in t- ooh to big black, black Mariah. Ooh. I love this. Song. This, yeah, is this is a really good song. This is your reward for getting through the others. <laughs> <laughs> That's like okay, we'll just kind of rock here now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Super bluesy. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. I, I think you could say that for like this whole album, except for a couple tracks. This album is very just bluesy. All together, like there's some good blues guitar in this album. Mm-hmm. That's the thing; it's bluesy without being blues. blues. You would yeah. never call this a blues album, oh, but yeah. that's layered over all of it, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. it doesn't have like the cliche blues thing, like no, like it's not like heavy riff stuff. It's I don't know, I don't know if this sounds cliche, but it just kind of has like that attitude because it has just like a bluesy vibe, but it's not like 100 percent blues. No, you know, I agree, and yeah, like this song, big. Uh, Big Black uh, Mariah, like, I actually did some digging on this song because I was, like, listening to him, like, what is he talking about? And um, apparently this is about a hearst and, like, taking bodies to, like, the, the cemetery and stuff like that. All right, yeah, that's good. So, like, that, and that's what the... I guess that was, like, a turn of phrase. And there's actually... I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip ahead slightly, but there's actually a really cool phrase that I had to research on another song called Walking Spanish, which we'll get into mm-hmm. later. Um 
But yeah, this is like, I guess that's like a turn of phrase or a phrase, whatever, um, for a hearst. Yeah. And so like this song is like about picking up dead bodies. Well, you know, at least that's what it kind of like references, um, like this woman, Mariah, and it was that like she ran like a cat house in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And apparently, which I'm reading on these notes here, that like, uh, like every time I got popped, they like they a lot of people figured that she was the one that blew the whistle. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This when is, things got nuts. This was definitely for like of the albums we've reviewed, Alex. This was definitely the one I had to like dig the deepest. Yeah, to, yeah. Like like really that's, like I wanted to make it difficult for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I was. Saying. And, no, by, and by the way, it's a unique I, challenge. Actually, I, I, I'm aware that like you know slightly pretentious, thirty uh, five year old gray haired white guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a very predictable move to go like, oh, we're talking about Tom Waits today. Yeah. But no, that's I, I had to I had to no, be I really true to myself because like I haven't like dove deep into the wormhole of Tom Waits. Nah, yeah. yeah. So there's some like this album is still very mysterious to me. There's mm-hmm. like I listened to this album three times and I'm still like I there's something I'm missing here. That's how like, I feel I, after 15 years of listening to yeah, it. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. It's not going to go. That's away. why I'm still kind of just like, how do I describe these songs? Because yeah. there's just like I don't know. I, I like I love it that it's a mystery to me. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I enjoy about it, though, just because because like what we were talking about earlier. I like like uh, crap. I'm I'm like getting you're drawing blanks right. I'm now, drawing blanks like, right now. Sorry, Tom Waits, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> trust me, he's not concerned. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's fine. He's living his. Uh, he's, he's got he's, he's got a big, a big property somewhere in yeah, California. He's doing, he's doing okay. okay. He doesn't seem like that type of guy though. Like to like own like a huge plot of land kind of thing. Yeah. Like, he seems like a guy who would own like uh he would be renting out a room in some kind of basement. I, I, I think a lot of it changed when when he had kids. Uh, nah. he, he started having kids in 83. Um, Is he still with his wife? Yeah. yeah. Oh, because like... Uh, Kathleen Brennan. They wrote a song on here. I forget which one it was. Hang Down Your Head, which we'll get to in the one of my favorites. One of my favorites. We could go, I mean, don't let me t- don't let me tell you how to do your podcast, but there's not I don't have a lot to say about Diamonds and Gold, which yeah. is the the one in between this and Hang Down Your Head. I actually don't either. Diamonds and Gold is is I like it. It's fine. It's it's one of the only songs on this album that I uh, I'm always going, which one is that? Oh yeah. Yeah, Diamonds I will and say Gold. this like has anyone ever played Ocarina of Time? Yeah, Zelda a little video bit. Game. Yeah, there's a level um, where you go up into the mountain called the uh, I'm gonna butcher their name, the Dugons level, and like it sounds a lot like that song, Diamonds and Gold, or yeah, like the like the rhythm and like the sort yeah. of interesting like um, instruments that he used. It sounds a lot like that. Um, there's a really cool lyric to um, uh, "Sing me a rainbow, steal me a dream," and. Uh, I just I don't know what that meant, and I couldn't like really think about it. But I just thought it sounded really beautiful. It is. Yeah. It would make for a bad tattoo, but it is a really <laughs> beautiful sound. <laughs> depends on where you put it on your body, right? I yeah, guess. Right. You know, I agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's get um, let's get someone to tattoo that on yeah. your face. Yeah, do it, dude. Mike Tyson style, right? <laughs> or any of these new yeah soundcloud rappers oh hell yeah Yeah. waiting for that collaboration did you dress like tom waits did you like in my life yeah no it it, (laughs) fundamentally because (laughs) fundamentally because my 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 head is too big for hats i've got a big head that does and i'm fairly tall so it, it it just looks weird when i have particularly a fedora and without the fedora you can't really make the look work Alex, yeah. we're gonna find Sean a fedora. 
Let's you can it. find it, <laughs> yeah. but it, 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 it won't, it, it doesn't look like, oh, there's a cool guy. It looks like I'm, I'm leading a, you know, a middling ska band. Mm, it it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't look right. <laughs> I'm not a fedora guy. Every yeah. time I, I, yeah. I can't do it either. I would love to be. I yeah. would yeah. genuinely want <laughs> yeah, to be. Yeah, I think we all want yeah. to be fedora yeah. guys. Yeah. Like, it's just... something you want, but you know, right. yeah. it has to happen naturally. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's go to the next song since yeah. we um, hang uh, hang down your yeah. head. But One of my in, personal favorites. In recent, again, recent, meaning the last eh, 20 years, um, the, all of the songs are, are credited to Tom Waits and Kathleen Brennan. This is the only one on this album. And, and you can kind of hear it. You can kind of hear that there's a, a different lead writer on this, but someone who really knows how to make this music. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's interesting. It's I thought it kind of sounded like a Velvet Underground song. Oh, I can see a that a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like yeah. um, that was the first thing that stood out to me. I thought that this was kind of like a breakup song. Like you know, I'm, I mean, like, that's a, now that I'm like reading the lyrics, a generalization basically, because yeah. obviously we've but all you know, it doesn't talked. have to be about him, right? That's a like, thing you learn about songwriters. You go like, is this always about him? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yeah. I, I just, but I think we've all learned our lesson so far that, like, you know, you're not, everything Tom Waits writes about, it's not completely obvious what he means. Like, yeah. even if it seems like it's obvious, like, he, he's, especially, like, the way this album has set it up. Like, okay, so to me, Hang Down Your Head sounds like an obvious breakup song. Yeah. But, like, it seems like the, the like the way he did that was like you're not 100% sure if it is actually a breakup song. Yeah. Yeah. I could just tell like he was going through a rough time well, when he was like seeing that. Yeah. That's all I got from this cuz yeah, you, know, you really feel it. Yeah, yeah, you really feel it. That's mm-hmm. like what I got. Just cuz like I'm a music guy. Mm-hmm. I wish I was more of a lyrics like I wish I could balance the two, mm-hmm. but I always just remember music more than lyrics. And just like the way like I could like like the way he was singing it, I couldn't understand what he was saying. But just like, well, that's basically just my whole opinion of this whole album. Just like I could f- like feel like he was like going through something. I just didn't know what it was. Right. Yeah. I just know that he was saying like really passionately saying, hang down your head on me. There, yeah. there, there's a much more obvious like I, I'm more. I'm leaving. I have to go song on. Heart Attack and Vine, which is yeah. maybe four years before this, called yeah. called uh, Ruby's Arms. That is uh, just this like dripping with sorrow ballad. Um, that that is kind of like this, but very explicit in what's going on. Is it okay? I and, was gonna say, is it like a I hate to use this term, but like a cliched kind of ballad? Because this the hang your your hang down your head. Is like a ballad, but it's not like in the cliched sense about it. I'm no, sure. he he has a couple songs in the in the earlier albums. There are a number of songs that are just piano songs. Blue Valentine has a bunch of them. Yeah. That it's just a, a, a him at a piano that you could hear. Like Linda Ronstadt could be singing this song. Mm-hmm. Meatloaf could be singing this song. It's just a straight up piano ballad. Those are collaborations but, yeah. I would actually like to hear. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. But uh, Meatloaf, <laughs> there's a song from Tom Waits' first album called Martha. That meatloaf covered on one of those like mid '90s albums, Ugh. and there is a, there's it's okay, 
Um, but there's a legitimate chance that that was my first exposure to Tom Waits. Oh, really? Because I had that, I had that cassette. Oh. It was a, he, it had a lead single that was just an imitation of every other meatloaf song. It was called Not a Dry Eye in the House. Huh. And it was just like, this is what a meatloaf song sounds like. And deep in that is this Tom Waits cover. And I know I had that cassette when I was like 11 or uh, 12. That may be the first time I heard yeah. Tom Waits work. I have a friend who wants to talk about a meatloaf album. But not bad out of hell. Not bad out of hell. So I'm interested. I was just like intrigued because like I heard Bad Out of Hell a lot when I was younger Mm because that's like one of my mom's favorite albums. And my mom's like my mom loves music, but she's not like I hate using this term like an audiophile. Mm -hmm. But like that was like one of the albums she like played all the time. So like I know like like uh Paradise by the Dashboard Light or uh, Bad Out of Hell. Bad Out of Hell. You took the words right out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. That was Mm -hmm. great. But like I'm thinking like that like that's a beloved album, but I'm thinking like, do they have any other albums that people just go gaga for? I think that was like the one album that people just go insane for. I think that that like after that though, like he got into a lot of legal trouble. Well not well he didn't like he didn't go to jail, but like you know how like these artists sometimes sign these really crappy record deals oh, yeah. and like they have to like go through all this crap to get out of it so that they could properly get paid. A lot of people got screwed over with those kind of deals like um Bruce uh, Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen yeah. like the fir- his first couple records like did they like He didn't make like, any money off of yeah. any of those records. Was Born like, to Run did that make money? I was trying oh, to think. Oh, yeah. It, Born to Run made but money. He, yeah. But he didn't really get any money from it, did he? Because he was like cuz that's why he like that's why it took him like 4 or 5 years to make um Darkness, Darkness on the Edge of Town yeah. because like he was just so broke. Yeah, they were broke and like he like and like they spent all their money to try and get out of this terrible contract they were yeah. in. Yeah. I mean it, it it was a it was an undeniable success. Yeah, it yeah. It just didn't translate for for right. for Bruce for Can dollars. We pause for a second cuz I got to go to the bathroom again. Uh, so oh. oh my god. There you go. You know, we can we'll just leave talk. it in. We'll leave it in. Yeah. Now, that, that, no, the to, the rewind was was to bring up Ruby's, and I love Ruby's arms too. The, the yeah. earlier, the earlier kind of breakup song. It, it's interesting to see like this is just kind of the lyrical essence of that. Yeah. But in this almost like a little bit of Western, like country tinged blues. Really. That that that. I mean, that's that's how I I I don't describe genre very well, but that's how I describe. I'm the same way. I still I, I, that's how I describe yeah. "Hang Down Your Head." Is it has a little country tinge to it, yeah. or is it? Is it? I don't know if it's gospel. What I'm hearing, there's the, this has a lot of organ like in what it, I'm doesn't tra- it? Yeah, and he like he has organ in a lot of his songs. Yeah, like uh, the last song, "Anywhere I Lay My Head." Oh yeah, that's like a that like I have a feeling like he wrote that song as the ending of the album. Yeah, because it has just like a such a I don't know what it is like just like an ending feel. Just because I think it's just him in an organ. Yeah. It's like, anywhere I live yeah. in my head. Mm-hmm. So, like, that definitely felt like an ending track. Right. And, like, he has good ending tracks. Like, the ending of Small Changes, of Small Change, like, I Can't Wait to Go Home. Yeah. Like to see my yeah, baby. it's a little funny, and it's a little uh, it's a little sweet, and it just, but it caps off yeah. what that album was, like. Yeah, uh, we're skipping to the end, but yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, back. Uh, how, how, how there's a lot of tracks it? on this album. There's a lot. I don't think we yeah. can go in depth with 19 no, we'll tracks. Yeah. We'll skip the instrumentals. Yeah, right, skip the instrumentals. Right, yeah. I'm trying to remember which ones were the instrumentals. Bride of Rain Dog was Bride of Rain Dogs, and right. uh, um, uh, it comes right before um, Ninth and Hennepin is um, Midtown. 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 That's Midtown. the other instrumental. Yeah. But um, yeah, like, but, uh, like. Go ahead. 
No, no, no. Just like 19 songs. I don't think we're going to get in depth with all of them. No. Also, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Grant is back from the bathroom. Yeah. Hey. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Did we talk about time yet? No, no. Yeah. And this is another one of my favorites yeah, on here. This one. for the A last little bit of a shift yeah. with this song. I got to say, like the last couple, like for when I first listened to this, this was going to get my gold slash platinum star. Yeah. Ooh. But I oh. think I, I actually changed my mind before I came here. But um, but I still love this song. Platinum and gold, do you mean platinum? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Combining elements, Alex. Mm. Uh, there's no, this song is great. Um, no, it was just I could just tell like um a little bit of a mood change in this song. And it was it was slower. Mm-hmm. Like all the other stuff. Like it, it's I mean, this is this is my. I'll put it in high school terms. This is my favorite song ever. Um, No, yeah, and and this is what what got me uh, uh, to Tom Waits is is first time and then everything else. Um, It's it it's such a I love songs, movies, whatever that that capture um, an emotion that cannot be put into words. Yeah. And there's a lot of words in this song, but none of them explain what this this thing that he's singing about is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so odd that it, it sounds like, so much of this song sounds like people giving up. People are gone. People are leaving. People yeah. have to stop. People have to get out of, <laughs> of town. Right. And then the chorus is, it's time that you love. It's yeah. it's it's time that you give up what you're doing and and settle down and find someone to love and find someone to love you. It it it's it's um it it you know this can be playing down the street and if I hear it it'll it'll you know change my mood at that moment. Really? Right. Yeah. It's one of those songs. Yeah. Because now like you're talking about these lyrics, I'm like reading them right now, and there's like a lot of like heavy heavy hitting stuff. You're like. And they all pretend they're orphans, and their memories like a train. You can see it getting smaller as it pulls away. Mm-hmm. History put a saint in every dream. Yeah. Holy the shit! Sh- wow. <laughs> <laughs> like we, ha- I have no idea what the hell he's talking about here. No, but I, use... I but you, you, like again, that's <laughs> yeah. that's his deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like, he's he says so much mm-hmm. that speaks to you on a level subconsciously that you yeah. Know, that you, it's hard to articulate. Yeah. See, this is us slowly like saying to ourselves, okay, we need to get more into Tom Waits. Right. Yeah. So we this can understand how it. it. Happens. So right. This is how it happens. And Tom, Wa- and uh, <laughs> I called you Tom Waits. <laughs> Rips off his face. This is my favorite song. This is my favorite song of all time. This is my song. This is one of mine. Oh, God. That'd be so disappointing. Like, you met, like, one of your favorite. You met, like, one of your favorite artists or bands, and they said, like, their favorite album was one of theirs. Like, if you, like, met, I don't know, Paul McCartney. Yeah. And just goes, oh, my favorite album is the White Album. I mean, it's that one. I can't really blame him. If that right, <laughs> uh, you know, I I don't like that though. Where you just go like he wouldn't but say it's that. Paul though. McCartney though, but you know, I, I would just feel weird if he was like, you know what, you know what stuff I really dig. Music my, I always go back my to stuff. the Wings, yeah. the, uh, the the Wings in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I love it. Red Rose Speedway. No one ever talks about. Uh, this is a terrible Paul McCartney impression. <laughs> it's horrible. It's, it's Cockney. It's Hello, I'm Paul McCartney. But uh, yeah, that'd be funny. But like Sean is like uh, the weights guy, and yeah. he. 
I have a feeling Sean knows what we're going through because we're trying to figure yeah. this out. Because like I've been in and out of Tom Waits. I've never had yeah. like a period in my life. Like I've had periods where like I'm slowly getting more into an artist. That's how I became to. That's how I started like to love like Frank Zappa and Elvis Costello. Sure. Mm-hmm. But like Tom Waits, I need to like really get into him because I really need to sit with these lyrics. Right. Yeah. So like. This album's like doing that to me, where I just go like, "What the fuck is he talking about here?" Because I feel like he has like a message here, but he really doesn't. He, I don't know. I've, do you get this feeling like it's kind of like, oh, it's to your interpretation what it means, or do you feel like he has a message in these songs? I, I think, I think that there's feelings to these songs, and there's there's um, uh, settings to these songs, uh, uh, but. I, I th- what, what was I thinking about recently? Where the the setting was, the, oh here here's here's a uh, a connection I didn't expect to draw to Cirque du Soleil. I I went and <laughs> I saw Cirque du Soleil. So I was invited to review the Cirque du Soleil production that was okay. at, at at the uh, um, the arena a couple of couple of weeks ago. PBG Paints and, Arena. Yeah. Okay. And I I one of the things I took away was like oh the the plot isn't the plot the plot is a a, a setting. Okay. I was I was actually blown away by it. Like I went in very skeptically, and I was really really impressed by it, and I was really taken with it. In in, in the same way that um, that a lot of immersive theater impresses me. But it, it's it's you know I I was wondering going in is this literally about a clown's funeral? Is that literally is it a, am I hearing a story about a funeral? Mm-hmm. And no, there is a story, but that's just the setting where we can play. Right. And 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 that's kind of what this is to me. Like I think. All of these songs, particularly the ones that do have this big heart to them, he knows, or when he wrote it, he knew what this song was about, but it was more about pulling out those phrases and those those details from it. Yeah, and yeah. and you interpret, you know, the the last verse is um, so put a candle in the window and a kiss upon his lips as the dish outside the window fills up with rain. Just like a stranger with the weeds in your heart, pay the fiddler off till I come back again. Oh. And I have always heard that and thought, that's two people saying, um, I, I'm leaving, I have to go, I'll never be back, we'll never feel good about this, bye. Yeah. Mm. You know? And, wow. and, and just those, 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 you know, uh, uh, parts of life that don't get a resolution and yeah. don't tie up and don't resolve and learning to to live with them is what I bring to it. And you could dive into these lyrics and get something completely different out of no, it. No, that's 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 pretty good. Yeah, that's <laughs> really good. Wow. That's that's kinda you actually articulated how I felt listening to yeah. this song. That yeah. was hard for me to articulate. And that's kind of what I do. There's so. a great there's a yeah, that's why you're here. There's yeah. a there's a, a great cover by of time by uh, Tori Amos. Wow, um, I gotta find that. She has an album in the late '90s, I want to say. That's that's a cover album, but it's only, only she only covers uh, uh, male artists, mm-hmm. oh. um, and and kind of a lot of it is deliberately picking songs that take on a much different character when it's a female. One of one of them she does. Um, I don't like Mondays, the Boomtown Rat mm-hmm. song, yeah. which is this kind of sardonic take on the first 
female school assassin. Mm -hmm. So it's much different when she sings it. Um, and she does an Eminem song on there. Like she does like an early Eminem song. She does a Toll song. I think right? so. Yeah. 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 Uh, but then uh, Time is on there, and that's one of those cases where she sings it, and you go, Oh yeah, that's the melody of the song. You don't notice it <laughs> right. when Tom Waits is doing it. It's there, but it takes someone yeah. else singing it to you to hear. Right. Wow. We gotta. <laughs> I'm gonna. We're gonna have to do a uh, one where we talk about Tori Amos because mm -hmm. I love me some Tori Amos. As I've well. never listened to Tori Amos. She's um. I, I the only passionate. Thing, yes. The only thing I've heard by Tori Amos is uh, she did a cover of "Smells Like Teen Spirit." That's mm. probably on the same album. That we're yeah. About. yeah. I remember like when I was in high school. Senior year, I was like sitting with these kids, and like a lot of them were like humongous music nerds. And I was right. like, I was like, oh yeah, I heard this cover Tony Amos did of Smells Like Teen Spirit. And as soon as I finished that, the guy I was talking to goes, like, Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this guy doesn't like, she doesn't get it. Like, you know, the Smells Like Teen Spirit really doesn't have like a deep meaning to it. It's it's called Strange Little Girls. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it has uh, the, um, the, the Tori Amos album. And um, it does not have her cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit on it. But it does have, she does Raining Blood by Slayer. Yeah. Oh. And she does Happiness <laughs> is a Warm Gun Ooh. and Heart of Gold. And, uh, is um, the Tool cover that I'm thinking of? I think, I thought I... I no. think you might have turned Slayer into Tool. Okay. Or she has more covers. I right. Yeah. No, because I definitely yeah. heard her do a cover of uh, 46 and 2. Yeah. Which was... Pro, it's that's in my top three of favorite tool songs. Oh, what's your favorite tool song? Lateralis. Oh, I mean, that's a very easy song to point at, but it's just it's so like there's so many like deep layers to that song. Like, yeah, I'm going to butcher this. Maybe you understand what I'm talking about, Sean, but there's this thing like there's this mathematical equation that it refers to a spiral. Where it's the like, Fibonacci sequence. That's it. There we go. And the song oh. Jeopardy. Yeah, and <laughs> that song is like the melody of it is done to that sequence. Oh, okay. It's wow. like what black and white are all I see in my infancy. And like, what is it like? It's like black and so it's like three. Tool's one that I I have to I still Tool, have to get into. Tool is yeah ridiculous. They're one of the greatest bands ever, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, they like. <laughs> I'm what? so excited because apparently, apparently we're supposed to get a new album this year, and I'm oh. very excited. But how many about years it. have they promised that though? It's been probably <laughs> ten years. Yeah, yeah. The last <laughs> so. time we came out in 2006. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, ten thousand days. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember my brother was like a, a like a Tool fanatic. Right. So he was like very serious. He's like, no, this band's like doing stuff nobody else does. Like the. It's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> they they don't like they're like I guess they typically be they they're. People call them a metal band, and I guess yeah, like progressive are. metal, or? right? Like prog metal is also another yeah. term I've heard for them. But you know who's also progressive metal? Tom Waits. Tom Waits. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah, so time was just um, even now that like with like Sean's explanation of it, especially with like the last verse, like right. Are you like whispering on them? <laughs> well, no, I'm trying. Uh, hopefully, it's not blocked. We're not here. You don't hear the music going on, right? No, the, we're, we're recording this on top of a bar, but like, okay. yeah, it's, oh, okay. it's not, it's not right, ruining right. the sound. It would only but be yeah. more appropriate if we were recording it underneath a bar. That's then true. would be <laughs> this true. That would actually. be weird. Yeah. That would be especially yeah. if like bartenders had to like come downstairs. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm sorry, we're running out of scotch. So right. that's that's side A. <laughs> We've gone through one one half yeah. of the album. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah, this album is crazy deep. Guys. Yeah, like, it's, it's nineteen songs, but right. just yeah. 
fuck. Like, there's uh, like only like one song on here where that has like an electric drum. Like the first time I heard that, I go like, oh shit. Like he's using kind of an instrument on this. <laughs> yeah. Well, is, it, is, it da- is it downtown train? Downtown train. Oh, we got to wait before we get into that. Okay. There's a lot to say. About well, yeah. That. Then, then you get to the, the back half of this and it starts with the, the title song, which, which after everything we heard is just like a perfect kind of thesis statement for the album. Right. Yeah. 10 tracks in. Yeah. Um, I love that metaphor, you know, rain dogs meaning, um, you know, stray dogs or even dogs that just wandered off, if it rains, that changes the smells and they have a tough way finding their way back home. Yeah. Yeah. And so allegedly, uh, um, you can, you know, after a big rainstorm, you'll see these dogs wandering around trying to figure out where they belong. Mm, and yeah. that... That's a great uh, reference. That yeah. that kind of summates what this album is about really, really well. In, in a good song, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I actually don't really have too much to write about this song. Um... Uh, there's live pop country beneath our feet. Right, <laughs> if you guys can hear that, yeah. it's uh, it's it's going on. Yeah, uh, people are slinging brews yeah. at Hot Farm Brewery, and they're listening to country music. Hey, yeah, what but it, yeah, you don't have much to say about Rain Dogs. The song, no, not um, accor- like, and I love the accordion that comes in thirty seconds in. Yeah. Um, um, the xylophones. It's like a very New Orleans kind of style jazz yeah. kind of vibe to it. Um, but I don't know, like this song did not really stick with me too well. Cause this was a, this was a difficult song. Like Sean, when I review, uh, albums, I like what I literally, what I do is, is like, I turn all the lights out in my apartment. I put on like, um, some kind of ambient visual on YouTube, mm-hmm. like the space station or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I just put the headphones on and I really dive in and give it 100% of my focus. I think with this song. I didn't have 100% of my focus. That's all right. So, like, yeah. it's just, like, <laughs> I don't know why that is. So, like, that's why I'm hoping you guys can shed more light on it than I can. <laughs> like, uh, this is another one of those songs, like, I dug, but I still don't have much to say about it either. It's mm-hmm. just a nice little yeah. continuation of what's going on in this album. Right, right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a good song. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, all mm-hmm. these songs are good. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just that. I mean, do you, like, do you have a lot to say about this song? Or is well, like, you pretty much. Ju- ju- just that. That I think it's it's a perfect. The, the metaphor is exactly what yeah. this album is about. And it's it's a nice, you know, way to bring it back up after coming after time and starting, you know, the second, the, the B side of the album. Yeah. It's, it's a good way to get back in both lyrically and sonically, mm-hmm. especially considering the next nine tracks are so all over the place oh, yeah. that it's it's good to kick it <laughs> off with one that's a little accessible. Uh, the, uh, from uh, uh, this, Because this is immediately followed by an instrumental, which mm-hmm. usually there, well, one will pop, one or two will pop up on a Tom Waits album. Yeah. And then like the spoken word song, which is another thing that pops up on a lot of Tom Waits albums. But in both cases, it's like, yeah, you're not going to have a lot to hold on to for a couple of tracks. Right. Here. Like, you kind of, you, like, this album is, like, this This is definitely an album where, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's songs you can, like, pick out and just listen to individually, yeah. but it's best experience, like, listening to the whole thing. And uh, I, I got to say this about Mid, uh, Midtown, the instrumental. Yeah. Um, this is probably, like, uh, musically my favorite track on the album. Really? Like, yeah, I just, I really dug it. Um, it kind of reminded me of like a sixties detective show. Like, mm-hmm. just, like mm-hmm. Tom Waits. <laughs> <laughs> detective Waits. <laughs> this looks like a murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And this low, <laughs> like crazy low saxophone. 
just mm-hmm. like was ooh, loved it. I, I I really dug the Midtown. Sometimes I like, I actually had this for like a couple of days as like my um, alarm. Yeah, that'll that, that'll work. It'll yeah. certainly wake, wake you up. up. Yeah, <laughs> but then after a while, it's like. Mm, I'm gonna switch it back to a regular, alarm. just a random alarm. Right, yeah. right. Well, I I slept through it one day. Yeah, and like that's that's my knowledge. Like when I have to switch my time alarm. to switch. Yeah, yeah time to switch. So, sorry, Tom. Yeah, sorry, Tom. Yeah, you should do like uh, Tom Waits should have uh, volunteered himself to wake people up for a Black Friday <gasps> show, for Black Friday show. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get up, <laughs> get that big screen TV. <laughs> it's like okay, Tom. What do you, uh, what do we got to say about uh, the slam poetry song? Can I can I just call an audible and talk about a different one from a different album? Absolutely, because this one's good. It's it's fine. The the quintessential Tom Waits is just talking is called "What's He Building in There" mm-hmm. um, from Mule Variations, which is that's one that he's talked about a little bit more, and that's you know his his story about. How there's always one guy in the neighborhood that you're not allowed to play in his yard, and the oh. parents all have theories about what's happening. And and what's he building in there has so many perfect. It's just a series of what's he building in there. Last night I saw him on the roof signaling with a flashlight. Hmm. I heard he has an ex-wife in some place called Mayor's Income, Tennessee. He used to have a consulting business in Indonesia. <laughs> and it's this, and it's all ridiculous, and somehow it's terrifying. Like, I've played that for people who are like, I can't listen to that. Wow. I cannot hear it. It's <laughs> scaring the shit out What's of me. What's he built? I'm going to check that out. Yeah. yeah and that's that's one that's kind of inspired. I know that's like inspired people to write plays about it and to do little music videos about uh, about what he's building in there, um, but it, it's 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 a cool other look, and and Nathan Hennepin does the same thing on there, is yeah. you know to give give a chance to kind of narrate it a little bit, because what we haven't talked about, believe it or not, there's something that we haven't talked about, is is uh, Tom Waits as an actor. I was gonna bring this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah please uh, and shed some light on that. I actually, I, I I'm sure I've seen him in things, but like. Oh I, yeah, I, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, since since the eighties, I mean the the one to watch is the Jim Jarmusch movie Down by Law, which has a number of songs from Rain Dogs in it. It's about the same time, and it's a very similar story. It's these three kind of down and out weirdos in New Orleans yeah. who end up in the same jail cell, mm-hmm. um, and fits in really well with this album, but recently he's done more acting than he's done recording. Oh, like yeah. the last studio album is I think from 2012. Bad as me. Yeah, Bad, Bad as, as me. me. Yeah. And and before that there was like a big B-side set in the mid 2000s, but before that I think you're going back almost 15 years. Yeah. Um but he had two big roles this year. Um, in in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is the Western anthology on Netflix, yeah, um, and and he's great in that, and it's a really good. He he he, he plays an old prospector looking for gold alone, yeah. um, <laughs> and he had a part as as a you know a, a small time criminal in the Robert Redford Robert Redford's final movie, allegedly Old Man and the Gun. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I've heard a lot. I, I I think that's what I remember seeing. I didn't see that movie, but I do remember like seeing him in like a trailer or yeah. something like oh, that. Oh yeah, so. and and he'll just pop up. He's in the Book of Eli with Denzel Washington. <laughs> really? and, I've never um, seen that movie though. Is that 
good? Is not really. Not really. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's a movie. I enjoyed he's, it. He's <laughs> in, <laughs> and he, he's in Mystery Men, oh. which I think is really underrated. Oh, I was I just was, thinking about yeah. Mystery Men. I'm getting, I'm getting really excited now. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about Mystery Men earlier today, and I agree yeah. with you. It's so underrated. It's really funny. It, and, yeah. I, and And one of the, bi- the most loaded... About the most loaded comedy cast you could get in 1999. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, like, uh, oh, yeah, you got Ben Stiller, Janine Garofalo, um, uh, Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria, uh, 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 William H. Macy. Yeah. Um, but then Jeffrey Rush and Greg Kinnear. And That's right, Jeffrey How many Rush people can I name from the cast of Mystery Men? Tom Waits, <laughs> uh, Paul <laughs> Rubens. Paul, yeah, Paul Rubens was the... Fart guy, yeah, Paul, yeah, Kel of Keenan and Kel. Kel was Invisible Man, uh, um, and and like, and then there's like, like what uh, Dane Cook is in it for a second. Oh, yeah, CeeLo Green is in it for a CeeLo second. CeeLo Green is it? Oh, my, I can't um, believe I was he in the audition. Eddie Izzard is in it, like, it's 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 just a huge cast. Oh, yeah, and it's a little tacky, it's a little bit over the top, but it's it's really funny. Oh, my god, Ben Stiller directed really... that, right. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who directed it? Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Did. Yeah, a, seems... I think he's a really talented director. Oh, there's so many. Have you ever seen it? I. It's been several, several years since I've oh, seen it. There's so many scenes from that movie, like when Ben Stiller comes back and talks to William H Macy. He's like, "Have you seen?" There's my, another guy. <laughs> like, have, you, have, have you seen my phone book? Mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, he's like, oh, no." He's like, oh, yeah, "I'm just looking for." It. He's like, "Maybe you should." Think about where you left it last. <laughs> <laughs> I, I quote, I, there's lines from Mystery Men that I quote regularly. Oh, yeah. So it's like, if you don't learn to master your power, your power will become your master. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually kind looks, of deep. Looks, <laughs> looks like we got a date. We, we've got a date with Destiny, and it looks like she's ordering the lobster. <laughs> That's really, really good. Also, since this is a music podcast, we have that movie to thank for All Star. Yeah, so, oh, that yes. is one of the several All Star movies from yeah. that year. Oh, right, yeah. Right. yeah. But oh, I think okay. it was actually that song was actually made for that movie. Actually, they're in the music video. They're in the oh. movie. No, I'm thinking of Rat Race. Yeah, Rat Race. <laughs> no, they're in a, the Mystery Men. Mystery Men, Men are in the actual video for oh, All Star. I think they took clips from the movie and, yeah. and actually very smartly like edited mm-hmm. in a way where it actually made sense for the rest yeah. of the music video. Oh, that's, that's, I'm going to call Row House and say we're having a Smash Mouth's All Star <laughs> Week. We need that. <laughs> we're going to show idea. Rat Race, uh, 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 Shrek, Shrek, and Mystery Men. Yes, it's only movies that feature Smash Mouth's All Star. <laughs> that's <a laughs> then we have the idea. lead singer to do a Q and A. Right. He's like. Like, you know, I've written other songs. Shut up no, and we sing us. He's <laughs> playing at Jurgles. The guy, the guy from Smash Mouth alone is playing at Jurgles, which raises the essential question: What is the rest of Smash Mouth doing? <laughs> That's like, like Blowfish. Guys, yeah. they're, they're yeah. the backup band for Tom Waits now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, I want to get to wait. This wait next is song. he playing at? Oh God! No, Sorry. go ahead. Now, go ahead. now I have a question about this. Yeah, <laughs> is, is Jurgles a bar or? I love Jurgles. Jurgles. Is is a a bar venue in I I think it's in technically in Wexford, um, but they have music like four or five nights a week, and it's either um, you know '80s bands who had one hit, '90s bands who had one hit. Or like interesting alternative bands. Actually, like, cra- the- uh, we, I was there to see Reverend Horton Heat. Crash Test Dummies were just there. But like the average night at Jurgles is like, uh, I went out there to see D. Snyder from Twisted Sister wow. recently. Or like, uh, um, or it'll be like Fuel or Everclear or Marcy Playground. I did. I did yeah. hear. I do remember Puddle of Mud. I hear yeah. on the radio that Puddle of Mud was there. Um, there was someone else there that was. Oh, Jaw Rule. Jaw Rule sold yeah. out two shows. 
at Jurgle. That show made more money <laughs> than the Fire Festival. Than the Fire Festival. I still yeah. haven't watched any of those documentaries, yeah. but everyone tells everyone's me. Everyone's talking about it. It's gonna be one of those things where like everyone's talking about. It. Then when that whole hype is done, it'll be. I'm something actually, else. I'm actually gonna watch that. <laughs> right. Documentary goes like, hey everybody, I watched that, and everyone's gonna be like, yo, we're tired. Did of you talking. watch the Bruce Springsteen on Broadway? No, I haven't I'm, watched. Alex, I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so good. I, please tell me you've seen this. Uh, the Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. Um, I mean, if you haven't, I won't judge you. Like I will him. But you know. <laughs> no, well, I mean, what I'm gonna I've had I've had Springsteen's book for a while, and like eventually I'm gonna read the book and then watch right, that. Right. I I I was um like in the immediate like in front of the stage for a Springsteen show <gasps> three years wow. ago, two and a half Ooh, years ago. That's cool. Um, where I I had a floor seat, but I was I was. A floor seat. I had a right. floor ticket, um, and I was <laughs> I was satisfied with that. But I happened to get there early, um, and and saw that Colin Chamberlain, another Springsteen super fan, was waiting in the line for the lottery to go. There's a lottery to get you know in the immediate like the front the the pit, and. Since he was there, I was like, oh, I'll stand here with you. And both of our numbers were called. Wow. So unexpectedly, Ooh. I ended up, you know, 15 feet from wow. the stage. Got his sweat all over um, you and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I, I could talk about that alone for hours. But yeah. but that was so perfect that it's like, I'm good. I, you yeah, know, you I could watch, watch the Netflix thing, but I'm, I'm really set. Yeah, have you, you actually, have you seen Tom Waits live? Yeah. Um, really? And it, it's... You know, I've got to make sure I see him again because my memories of it are are very conflicted because uh, it was really marred by just having obnoxious people sitting around me. Oh, like the pe- the people on my right were chatty, and the and and the people on my right were chatty, like just consistently through the show, right. which is bad enough. But the the people in front of me were too. And at one point, the guy sitting directly in front of me answered his phone, oh, um, and and it was and it was like during a beautiful like solo piano run in the middle of the show where he did um, uh, um, Tom Traubert's blues, and I think he did Christmas Card from a Hooker in Minneapolis, and it was so beautiful. And this guy picks up his phone, and then in a in what I can't even call an overreaction, the guy sitting in front of that guy stands up, turns around, and grabs that guy by the throat. Wow. Like, what are you doing? So uh, that's all happening. <laughs> and then, even after that has resolved itself, there's like a 20-minute furor as other people sitting near me debate what just happened, and like security is called over. Yeah. And, oh and like, it was such a... Um, you know, this was in 2006. Um, he, his last two tours, he just goes to weird places. So right. the closest one was in Akron. Um, and it was it was fantastic. And if I don't ever get another chance to see him, that's fine because I did. And, and you know, he yeah. played a lot that I really would have, that I was very happy to hear. He played Clap Hands and, and, and it was it was a fantastic show. It just was a little bit of not the right circumstances. And that was the end of the tour and oh this is this is why I'm so bitter about it. It was the end of the tour. <laughs> I was like, oh it's the last show on the tour. It'll probably be a very interesting set list. He'll kind of leave it all hanging out. And then after I bought my ticket, they added a midnight show the same night in Cleveland. Wow. So 
you could tell at this one, like, you're holding back a little bit. Right. And, and, and I've heard a bootleg of the Cleveland one, which started at like one in the morning because they had to finish the show in Akron, drive to yeah. Cleveland and get ready. And that one is insane. That one is like B-sides and stuff he'd never play before and never play again. Yeah. And is just kind of noodling and, and really weird, different stuff. And it's like, so I picked the wrong show, and that show was kind of ruined for me. Oh, Great, man. awesome. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Tom. But he doesn't really—he he doesn't really like playing live, and he especially doesn't like doing long tours. I think the last—I think he did, you know, maybe a run through Europe ten years ago, and that's about as recent as it is. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would be into doing. He doesn't seem like the prototypical like. Yeah. I like being on the road kind yeah. of guy, you know. Well, I get like that, like especially if you've been in this business for like so many years, you kind of just go like, yeah, I kind of don't want to like. Well, most like you got to respect somebody who really go like like Paul Simon, like he yeah. like retired from touring, right? And I feel like there's some people who go like, oh, what the fuck, Paul? But like you know, he's like, seventy. He, he's seventy. Like yeah. I, I think he just wants to relax, right? And what yeah. I what I heard is that that Tom Petty scared a lot of people. That Tom Petty kind of dying suddenly, um, you know. In, in in the middle of like a, a fairly whatever tour yeah. made a lot of people go hmm. I want I want to declare something my final tour. Yeah. And so Elton John's doing it right now and Paul yeah. Simon just right. did it and like Slayer did it and yeah. Kiss is doing it right For now. For the fourth time. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think a lot of people want to say Kiss. okay this oh, is yeah. the last like global I'm doing everything. I, I don't blame people for doing that. Like a lot of these newer artists like 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 huge artists like like Taylor Swift, for we'll mm-hmm. use her as an example, they tour to make money. Yeah. yeah, like that's the only. Well, Taylor Swift also has like a million endorsements, where she probably makes millions of dollars. Yeah, but like she can say only... Diet Coke like five times, and she'll be like right. set for life. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like that's how like a lot of music because it's like that's like as much as I enjoy Spotify and like these streaming services that yeah. like uh, allow us to have instant access to music. It, it there is a lot to be said. Like there was an article that a friend of ours sent. Yeah, us. yeah, yeah. Like, it was very good. Like there's a lot of stuff I agree with that. Yeah, like article. where like these artists kind of get ripped off. Yeah, like big time, and like they don't like it's hard to make money just making music anymore. Yeah. So like, and then like, but you know, back in the day when like people like Paul Simon were like getting Dude. getting at least two dollars off of every record sale, you know, now you like get like six cents. Sure. Off of every, if yeah. you sell an album, which albums don't sell anymore, which yeah. sucks. Yeah, we're we're coming down to like the singles generation, right? Yeah, and also like the thing that an interesting thing that uh, article brought up is like the playlists. Mm-hmm. Just people just don't even want to listen to like artists. They're just like, yeah, you heard it on a playlist, right? I hear that all the time now. Like yeah. then when you go on Spotify, it's just like chill vibe, have fun. Backyard barbecue. Right. And you're like, like I don't know Work, what this total is. Total workout. It's like, yeah. it's like I don't even know what this is. It sounds fun. But there are there are times when I'll throw one of those on. But I, you know, even in Spotify, I'm still collecting albums. Right. You oh, know, yeah. it's like I'll 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 save an album and I'll listen to it a couple of times to to to, to decide whether or not it's staying in that saved. Yeah. Folder and I, I actually know. actually maybe you guys can maybe you can shed some light because this is something I don't know and I think if they don't do it then Spotify should do it. I know you can save songs, but can you save albums or like do you create playlists 
No, yeah, you you can save albums. I'll yeah, I'll yeah. show you when we're done here. But that's the, I I live and die by that. And oh, you can yeah. kind of and you can leave it sorted by recent stuff. Right. So you can see, okay, this is what I'm listening to now, and then you scroll back and be like, oh yeah, I was really into that three months ago. I'll put that on. And, right. And that's uh, that's absolutely. Also, the way if that I, I like listen to an album I really enjoyed, I just put the whole album on a playlist. Yeah. 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 That's something that could be done. Speaking of that, we've been we went on a huge tangent. We still have like the half of this album. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think we're gonna get through this whole album. It's well, nice. I do yeah. want to talk about the next song because it's my favorite song on the album. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, see, because this is one of the ones that I'm, I'm like, yeah, I like that one, but I, I don't have much to say about. it. I oh, Gun Street Girl. Yeah. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Yeah, okay. This song yeah. is awesome. Steel yeah. guitar. I listen. I actually on my first listen to it, I listened to it twice because I dug it so much. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah. John, 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 John. He's long gone. Uh, yeah, the guitar is one of the, like, yeah. the selling points for this me. This is yeah. actually, if I was going to try and explain what this album was to people in one song, this would probably be okay. the song. Yeah. Like, like if they were like, well, give me one song to kind of get the vibe of it, I would probably play this oh, song. Oh, yeah, this song. Yeah. Well, and it's that that's not going to put anybody off. Uh, put anybody off. Right. Yeah. You could just, you could do that with Rain Dogs or Tango till they're sore, but there's going to yeah. be people who are like, what 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 the hell am I hearing? Where this one does have that kind of like uh, you can get straight into the groove and and, right. and the way that it's set up and the blues of it. Yeah. This or da- this or uh, Downtown Train, but we'll that's yeah. we'll get into that yeah. a little later too. Um, any other thoughts on this song? Or? Oh no, just the. Uh, fucking good. I I don't know why. Just the guitar just really fucking did it for yeah, me. Yeah, this song this yeah. song is always stuck in my head. Yeah, yeah. just you know, yeah, just the rhythm of it, and I I don't know. I'm like I'm like Tom Waits is just making me fucking draw a blank here. But it's just I just whatever he was whatever he was doing with this song, I was fucking on it 100 percent just because. I just really dug the rhythm of this. Right. Yeah. Can, can we agree that Union Square is 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 the closest thing on this album to forgettable. Yeah. That's the one that's yeah. like, I get it. It's it's more of like that. <laughs> it, it, it almost has like that kind of, you know, bouncy 70s feel to it yeah. and doing the same kind of thing lyrically. But it, it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. this song you is don't basically about rich, young college kids who go yeah. into the dive bar and try yeah. to start fights with the locals. That's what this song like, is hey, about Hey, we're rich. Right. Uh, like what kind of guitar did you say? Steel was, guitar. Steel guitar. On, on yes. A Gun Street Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know why. Like steel guitar is really grew. I don't know. It can add to a lot of music. Right. I mm-hmm. really dig it when I hear in other songs. Just they, that particular like it really that guitar like because like the acoustic guitar it's the steel guitar is not as musically I'm gonna I'll try and articulate it it's not as um. It's not as musically flexible as like an electric guitar, yeah, and like or or even an acoustic guitar. Like you can use a, the both of those instruments, the yeah. electric and the acoustic, to make kind of different sounds. But like the steel guitar is like m- most for the most part strictly country and blues. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like and like so like that's what's unique about it. So like yeah. using that in this particular song, it's obviously a very bluesy kind of oh yeah song, but. Yeah, that's that's my favorite song off the album. Oh yeah, Gun that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's that's. I've never talked to anyone who picked that one. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to hear that. Oh, yeah. yeah, and it, and it speaks to how deep this album is. Right. That one where I'm like, oh yeah, that's good. Is is my <laughs> somebody's favorite. favorite right. Yeah. Favorite track on the album. But yeah, yeah screw Union Square. Let's go to <laughs> not that it's a bad song, but like let's go to Blind Love. Oh, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. And and that's that's another one that I. You know, I can put on in the car in the in the middle of a long drive and really yeah. get swept up into. Mm-hmm. 
uh yeah it's a very this is the most country yeah yeah i was about to say like i'm waiting to like talk about the country one because this one was just straight up country Mm -hmm. right yeah uh great there's a great lyric the only way to find you is if i close my eyes yeah that's wow uh, that's the (laughs) lyric i hoped you were going to pull out yeah that wow Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is wow that's one of those very universal things i think there isn't anybody who doesn't have somebody in their mind yeah like that yeah you know especially yeah. maybe, very relatable lyric. right mm-hmm. um it's about missing an old love i mean we you yeah. know there's the strings are at, at two minutes uh, two minutes 53 seconds there's these beautiful strings that come in yeah it's just this this is another one of my favorite songs on the album oh yeah I think, definitely i think that we can all like agree that this is like a top-notch song on the album oh yeah and just like near like the end, like just <laughs> switch things up to this completely different genre, right? That right, he kind of fits in with a little bit. Yeah, like yeah. it does take a really strange turn, but like it, it's very well, like has Tom Waits done like anything like fully country? I like, think this is as close as it gets. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, like, I can't it, picture him like doing a full country album, but like he no. kind of fits into this like kind of genre of country. I, I I think you could pick a couple others out, um, particularly uh, or a little bit earlier when it was on that more of a singer songwriter thing, and and it, the first song on the first Tom Waits album is is uh, Old Fifty Five, yeah. which was covered and and made into like a light hit by the Eagles, oh. and that's pretty much a country song. I think the Gaslight Anthem did a cover of it too. Yeah, yeah. But he says that. Uh, uh, Blind Love is his first country song. So, Ooh, and man. and by the time you get into the '90s and then the 2000s, it's so f- much farther into, you know, these kind of self-contained sounds, these genres that don't really fit into anything. That I don't know if you could say full country. Um, there's a really nice one called "Come On Up to the House," which is oh. like country gospel Ooh. that I've ends mule variations. Yeah, a singer I really like, uh, kind of a bluegrass type of singer named Sarah Jaross. I've heard that name. Yeah. yeah, like the first version I've heard of that song is hers. She had an album. I can't remember the name of that. It was a really nice album, and I it was the year I went to Bonnaroo. And I went to the bluegrass stage that Ed Helms hosted. Right. And she was there and she put on a really good show and she actually sang that song. And then like, uh, yeah, no, wait, 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 wait. I did know it was a Tom Waits song because that was the first time I ever heard it. Sorry. Yeah. I ruined that story. But yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fine. <laughs> no, but Just I edited it out of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep it in there. I'm not perfect, everybody. But uh-huh. um, that has the line that. Instagram keeps trying to push Tom Waits t-shirts on me. All in, the only Instagram ads I get are like, "Do you want a wrestling t-shirt? Do you want a Simpsons t-shirt? Do you want a horror movie t-shirt? Do you want a Tom Waits t-shirt?" And there's yeah. they, they somebody is selling Tom Waits t-shirts that say, "Come down off the cross, we could use the wood." Yeah. Which Ooh. is from uh, "Come on up to the house." <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a I really like that line. Yeah. Oh. There, wait, there's a Oh god, did I did we miss No, okay. My favorite lyric on the album is on the next song, uh, Walking on Spanish. Walking Spanish. Um, this is the one I played it for my dad and said, it sounds like this song starts in the middle. Right. Yeah. Where yeah. He, he just comes in with a lyric that feels like there should have been a verse and a chorus before it. Right. Uh, this song is awesome. Walking yeah. Spanish refers to um, being on death row. Oh, and, yeah. yeah I'm reading like, up on it right now, it's like people walking to get executed. Yeah. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, 
like at, at a minute and 39 seconds, there's these two horn solos going off at once. And I literally have written here, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. It's so cool. And then my favorite lyric on this song, I might have said this another lyric on the, some other song, but there's this album's filled with great lyrics. But this lyric's amazing. Even Jesus wanted to have a little more time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. And isn't there a lyric in there where he says, like, here's a spoon to dig your grave? Mm-hmm. Or, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, we're all speechless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm speechless through this whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because this is just an artist that, like, I'm just only a little bit familiar with. And, like, now, like, talking about it, I'm just, he's just, I don't know what. He's just a mystery to me. That's just, we need to have an album a few months down the road where we just talk about Tom Waits. Uh, just a whole show where we just talk about <laughs> Tom Waits. So, right. so two more hours of the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. We'll bring you back for that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I really dug it. I really liked it. What are your thoughts on this, Sean? On walking I, Spanish? I, I always liked it. I always like you know, and and it's one of those. There's so many. Like I, I could come up with two examples. There are probably more, but there's there's a weird history of execution songs that are like upbeat and 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 like toe tapping you know i like i like i I think i think of johnny cash's um five more minutes to go and it's like it's it's interesting that multiple people have have been like we're gonna really make a little bit of a a, a, not a rocker but like a really kind of up tempo you know catchy tune about uh, uh, the status of waiting to die, you know, <laughs> it's, it's one of those, yeah. uh, you know, if, if Tom Waits is my favorite, uh, uh, uh artist, Warren Zevon is second I and, love Warren and Warren Zevon has, this is a whole album where he found out that he was, had, you know, months, maybe a year to yeah, live. Yeah. It's a heartbreaking album and, and made the wind and some of it is heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, some of it is Keeping you. Your heart you, you can't believe you're listening to someone sing this. I've heard that one song, "Keeping Your Heart." Yeah, for a while. and then yeah. there's others that are like, "This is a funny way to look at it." You know, right, that that, yeah. that are that are kind of like you're really kind of enjoying getting to play with the fact that you're dying right now, aren't you? Yeah. Including covering "Knocking on Heaven's Door." Right. Completely. It's it's one of the only instances of being completely serious and completely ironic at the same right. time. You it's know, like he's leaning into it. It sounds serious. You know he's full of shit. Yeah, I, you haven't. Edit, this hasn't come out yet, but actually, yeah. it'll be. We have a Valentine's Day podcast yeah. where we talk about all these love songs. Yeah. That t- that um, Warren Zephon song was a song I wanted to talk about, but I completely forgot about. What Which? song is it? Uh, keep me in your heart tonight. Yeah, I mean, because mm-hmm. that's a love so song it, it, about. Is it the one like keep dying. me in your heart for a while? Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. right. It's a love song about something from the perspective of someone who's going to die and leave yeah. this love behind. And yeah. that's, I, I haven't heard too many songs like about that. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. it's really. I have to check out Warren Zevon. You should. Yeah. He's yeah. really great. Like, he's more than just Werewolves in London, oh, which yeah. is also yeah. a great song. But, like. But yeah, he has more to offer than right, Werewolves right. in London. Yeah. He, he's 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 Tom Waits. If Tom Waits were a coked up nerd, <laughs> and, and it really works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's great. So let's yeah. get to. Um, I would uh, probably his most famous song ever, Tom Waits' song. There, I mean, there's a chance of that, and this is. Oh man, I love this song because downtown train. We, we, we've been through. What sixteen tracks of madness, yeah. right? Where it it keeps changing genres and 
doing all of this stuff that you don't understand what he's doing or why he's doing it. And then it's like, and here's just a straight-up 80s pop song mm -hmm. that could have been a Paul Simon song, that could oh, have yeah. been a Phil Collins song. I thought this was a Bruce Springsteen song. Isn't the, there a song, Something Train, on, like, Born in the USA? Downbound Train. Downbound Train. Is a yeah. Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah, yeah. But down, was... Downtown Train is such a straight-up just, oh, here's a pop radio song from the right. 80s that yeah. Rod Stewart covers it. Oh, yeah. That's why I think this is probably his most famous song because that yeah. was a giant hit for yeah. Rod Stewart. Like, yeah. I think it went number one, at least in England. And listen, if you don't know anything about Tom Waits, I can't believe you're still listening. But <laughs> if you don't, and you hear that we're talking about organs and Zydeco and, and messed up saxophones and, right. and all of this, and Rod Stewart barely had to change this song. No. Like, yeah. he pulls out the the melody a little bit more. It's more intensely produced. Right. That's about it. Right. Yeah. He also added, like, a lot of, like, sort of, like, um, what I... I what I like to call keyboard strings, where basically, like, he, like, you can play, like, the keyboard to make it sound like strings, but it's not actual strings. Yeah, yeah. So he added a little bit of that, like, in sort of, like, the climax of the song, where he's yeah. like, well, I'll see you tonight! Like, yeah. It's, yeah. Very, it's very 80s, like, yeah. you know. Um, just that drum got me where I go, like, oh, shit, this is just completely different. Right. Like, this is the pop song. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but Downtown Train is, um, yeah, it's definitely the most easily digestible song yeah. on the album. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's still great. Like um, if you play this for someone who's not into like that Tom Waits style of music, they'll probably go like, this is nice. This is nice. <laughs> He's got a him. weird voice, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, then you can play him the rest of Rain Dogs go like, I like, da I like right. Downtown Train. <laughs> I like the Downtown Train <laughs> song. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. song is a stalker song. Is it? Really? Do you, well, do you think so? Because it sounds like that way to me. Like he's just sort of watching... Well, my Somebody. phone died, so I can't look up at the lyrics. Oh, well, well, I think, I don't know. That's the vibe I got. And again, it can mean so many different things, but yeah. like, that's the vibe I got. I always, I mean, I, you know, I could be giving it more credit, but it, 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 it just always struck me as, as more, um, you know, the, the, one of those, uh, hey, mysterious romance in the city is possible. Yeah. I might run into somebody who, who captures my imagination and and redirects my life just going downtown tonight like <laughs> but you yeah. can read it that way if you want right oh, yeah yeah this but like yeah this is like you know i i said that about gone street girl but maybe this would well i did say that when we were talking about gone street uh, gun street girl excuse yeah. me um, that it would be this Gone or girl. this song I would play. <laughs> Gone Girl about, on the Street. Gone, Gone, Girl. Gone, Gone Girl. Girl on the Street. Gone Girl, you know, the movie from um, David Fincher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he predicted the movie, though. Right, was, right, yeah. right. Love that movie, by the way, um, for as terrifying as it is. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. 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 Um, and then uh, the instrumental is after that, um, Bride of Rain Dog, which I think you guys... Discussed. It's an instrumental. Right. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's another it's, good one. It's just one of those random instrumentals where you go like, oh, okay. The thing about like it does sound like scary clown music. Scary clown music. Yeah. Some like stuff with that where I go like, did he like put that on there intentionally, or is it just kind of like, oh crap, I should fill more time. <laughs> but this <laughs> this album was already nineteen tracks. So right. It's I only got, about an hour long though. Yeah. It's it's only like fifty three minutes. Yeah. So I feel like this is kind of intentional. These random instrumentals to be put in the album. As our um. Tom Waits expert. Is there a reason why he does this? A lot of the other albums aren't as long in terms of the number of tracks on them. And and 
but I I think that occasionally they would just start working on a, a track that there was something interesting about but wouldn't fully evolve into something that they could flesh out into a song with with lyrics and with a melody but would want to get it in it there's a there's a really great one called um knife fight on on blood money like these just happen sometimes you mm, know and, yeah. and especially in this phase there was a lot of long albums where they would throw a lot of different stuff on there on the album i think it i think something has to go between downtown train and yeah uh, anywhere i lay my head because anywhere i lay my head just is such a a like a blast of here's where we've been and here's what the point right. was and and yeah. and uh, let's go off into the night yeah. that i think there needed to be a little break between such a poppy song right no oh, that yeah. actually makes a lot of sense cuz yeah there is like a very juxtaposition i guess is the phrase i will use between downtown train and anywhere i lay my head and yeah yeah there yep. needed to be some kind of palate cleanser yeah. in between that you go to, like, for it to make sense. That was fun. Now here's something completely right. different. <laughs> now and now for something completely, completely different. different. Yeah, but I was telling Sean while you were in the bathroom, uh, just doing your thing. Right. But, uh, <laughs> As we all do. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens in there. <laughs> but I was just telling him, like, this is just such just... This song couldn't be anywhere on the album except for the end. This is just... I can just tell he wrote that as the ending of the album. Anywhere I lay my head is what yeah. you're referring to. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see what I wrote about it. He sings about being drunk and pathetic. Um, <laughs> at a minute fifty three, the these horns come in, signifying that we. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I have some symbolism to the music about this particular song. These horns come in, signifying that we may be pathetic, but we're still gonna have a hell of a time. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I I see that as the the second line funeral going down the street. It, it, it's mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of New York in this album and there's a lot of New Orleans in the right. album. Yeah, and and it just the way that those horns kind of boisterously come in after after a moment of pause from the main part of the song, the main body of the song. Yeah. And 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 slowly fade away. It's like you know the 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 big fun. New Orleans funeral walking away right. at, oh, at yeah. the end of at the end of whatever story you what read into this here? album. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Um. So yeah, that's all the songs, guys. So do we? <laughs> that's, that's, there's there's a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah there's a it lot is, of songs. Is, yeah. So does anybody have like any final um, overall thoughts on the album? I'd I'd say if people are looking for a way in. Um, a lot of people get into Tom Waits through covers because it's like, okay, look at this accessible thing mm-hmm. and see how great the lyrics are and see how great the su- the the the, yeah. the song is and the melody is. Um, and we've hit a couple of them. The Tori Amos cover of "Time" and and the Rod the Rod Stewart "Downtown Train" is really good. Um, I I point people to the Ramones doing "I Don't Want to Grow Up." Mm-hmm. Um, which is off of Frank's Wild Years. Um, Diana Krall doing Temptation. I think that's also Frank's Wild Years. Um, Nora Jones has a great cover of Long Way Home, which is a, re- a much later Tom Waits uh, uh, song. That that can help you get into it. That's but that. I actually thought that was an original from her. Long Way Home. No, that's yeah. Tom Waits. Song. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. A friend of mine. Friend of mine went and saw her the last mm-hmm. time she was here and yeah. said that they. 
she did that. Yeah. She's coming back again this year, and I have every intention to go see her. Yeah. But the best, I mean, the best way to to figure this out is is very close to what you did, Matt, is is put this album on and have that be what you're doing right then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, if you're on a long drive and you have an hour, that that'll work. Mm-hmm. But but you know, the the if you can pour a drink and 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 you're someone who has um you know the 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 musical attention span to sit and listen to an album and do nothing else, that will this album kind of hits you and brings you into the world so well if you're really tuned oh, yeah. into it. Um you know, I, I I've loved the chance to talk about it for a couple of hours because it's it's you know has one of those things that you that you run into in life that really has an impact on the way that you think and that the way that you kind yeah. of approach other art but the world in general and 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 so it's been really cool to get to get to talk about it for a while. Oh yeah, wow. I this I I just got to say just like uh this makes me want to listen to Tom Waits more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to see what else he offers. I want I want to revisit Swordfish Bone. Mm-hmm. Swordfish Trombone? Yes, plural. So- there's, there's several swordfish trombones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a Sever- plethora of them. There's yeah. Plethora. Uh, uh, just because, like, I was just, like, jumping between, like, all these Waits albums, but I really want to, like, revisit that album and just listen to a bunch of this stuff. Like, I definitely want to check out Mule Variations. That, that's, that's a what, good next step. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah just, okay, then that'll be the one I listen to next. Because mm-hmm. swordfish trombones and Frank's Wild Years are similar uh, um, to... to, to like like you said, it's kind of part of a trilogy, yeah. um, and and uh, uh, Bone Machine from the early '90s has a lot of really great stuff on it as well. But Mule Variations is probably the best complete beginning to end album, other than other than Rain Dogs. So that's that's I think is your next step. Alrighty. All right. Well, okay. well, what's your? Here are my final thoughts. Um, Did you write them in your iPad? I do. When I <laughs> when I bust out the iPad, it's about it's time for me to get s- right. to, to give a no. sincere thought about. Looking something. forward to this. Not that any whatever. Yeah. Um, Tom Waits Rain Dogs is not exactly an album you can pick out one song from a crop of songs and get the general experience. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong, there are songs that do that that do stand strong on their own on this album, but this album is best experience. Um, when you listen to the whole thing front to back, it gives off this unique vibe, this uh, different vibe of New York, um, or at least like this fantasized version of New York, um, filled with like kind of some voodoo magic and some like, and it, everyone's yeah. clothes smell like cigarettes and whiskey <laughs> and like. I really um, agree with the voodoo magic. Kind right, of. Yeah. right, and like um, you know, from the poor houses in the village. Like, I honestly found this uh, album extremely uh, difficult. To give each and every one of these songs a proper description, um, I had more success with some songs than others, mostly because I was so sucked into the world that this album had created. Um, I felt like I was right there, right beside Tom, as we walked through the old cemeteries and the old shipping docks, um, all the while he's telling me old stories of lost love, getting into fights, going to jail, getting smashed uh, as he smoked cigarettes, and all the while we find the next pub to get us some more drinks um so that he is so that he can tell me more stories yeah um, i want to listen to this uh i want to listen to every single one of these stories um this album is about those people who go from couch to couch 
job to do- job to job, lover to lover, and they always seem to, and are always the last to reach for the check. But <laughs> but you keep these people around because they have amazing stories to tell, and are um, always such a good time. Um, I have plenty of people like that in my life. Um, but but these people also have emotions and feelings. There's a reason why these stories are so amazing, because these people have lived hard lives. And nobody can capture that quite as well as Tom Waits on Rain Dogs. Wow. Yeah. That's Damn. that's that's how I feel about this. What I will say um, is a is a really fantastic experience. It was a really good album. It makes me want to get into it more. So yeah, right. No, and that was an excellent description. Uh, during that description, I was like, "Why do I ever come up with any of my own ideas for <laughs> fiction? I can just pull individual lines off of Rain Dogs <laughs> and extrapolate." You can really Rain yeah. Dogs the play. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I mean, yeah. these yeah, like this is definitely like. There's just this just a world yeah. in this album that yeah. is just so unique and special. Yeah, there's so. not like direct story. It's just right, like just about like individual people. Right, there's like yeah. a series of different stories that are being told inside. It's like of Slacker. This place. It's like Slacker, right? The Linklater movie. Yeah, it just you jump from different people and hear their and hear their so- stories just for like a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Guys, we've been talking for a long time. Yeah, we have yeah. been. Um, we have been. I so, thought I thought Vanessa's episode was long. No. <laughs> I thought she had a lot to say about Harry Nielsen. Well, consider the the bar raised. There you yeah. go. Youngin. I think we talked for a while with Helen too. So Yeah, with her. Yeah. You know, if people are passionate about music, right. Yeah. Talk this is what yeah, we're looking yeah, this for. Is what we're, yeah. yeah. So, Sean Thank you so much for coming yeah, on. It sure. was, it was such a t- pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you for taking time to talk to us. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. We enjoyed we'll, it. We'll definitely have to get you back on for another album sometime. Oh, um, yeah. So we don't have a next guest plan quite yet. yet. It might be John. He's might been, be John. He's been trying to get on so Yeah. Bad, we have so. a friend, John, who really wants to talk about an album. Right. An album I've listened to before. Which right. Which isn't. Well, hold on. We'll save it for oh, whatever we do. Yeah, yeah, it's reveal. like a surprise. Right. We'll, tell, we'll tell you after we're done. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, Alex, love you, brother. Love you too, man. And uh, this has been Talking, Talking Tunes with these two games. You have been listening to Unplanned Comedy Pods, a podcast collective.